Hey everybody, it's Kylie Gable. Welcome to another episode of the Feminization Boudoir Podcast from Candy Apple Press. Uh, I'm recording this on Sunday night, something I rarely ever do, but I know I'm going to be busy tomorrow and I wanted to make sure that the podcast gets up on time. So tonight we have kind of a special treat. We have another April story, uh, April's New Best Friend, as read by Miss Jen Davis. And then we also have a story from Sissy Brenda, which is read by Mistress DJ. I flipped a coin, and uh, the winner was Miss Jen Davis. We're going to do April's new best friend first. Um, The April stories, they're not really sequential, but they've sort of been moving in a sequential way. Um, April has... Started to get closer to um, Paul's fiance, and uh, that is who this new best friend refers to. Um, because as far as Paul's fiance is concerned, April and Paul are just really, really good friends, and she has no idea what April is doing to Paul. So Paul is constantly on edge about what's going to happen if his fiance finds out. And of course, Miss Jen has read most of the April stories, if not all of them, and always does a great job. So here is Miss Jen Davis with a clip from April's new best friend. The whole walk back to the condo, Paul's stomach felt queasy. He knew that as long as they were with April and Sarah, he ran the risk of humiliation and embarrassment at their hands. The lingerie he was wearing made it even more likely. If they could convince Sandra that it was all just fun and games, he would be stuck. He sat down on the couch next to Sandra as April brought over the wine. It was weird to see April waiting on him for a change. I'm sorry to bring this up, honey, but I just have to know. How did you get him to put on a wedding dress, asked Sandra. Oh, it was always easy to get Nicole into a dress, replied April. Nicole? Who is Nicole? Nicole was what Paul liked to be called when he was all pretty, said April. And he was pretty a lot, said Sarah. Okay, I really need to get up early. Sandra, let's begin, Paul. Sit down, Paul, ordered April. Paul immediately sat down without question. He'd been trained so well. Come on, honey, said Sandra. I'm having fun. Getting him to dress up was really easy, said April. We'd make wagers or trick him, usually. We also had some pictures he would rather not get out. What kind of wagers, asked Sandra. We'd make a silly bet, like wrestling or something, said Sarah. He's not very big. I'm not surprised you could beat him when you were in school, replied Sandra. I still could, said April. Let's not, began Paul. I doubt that, said Sandra, laughing at the prospect. What do you say, Paul? Are you man enough to put me in my place, asked April. Go ahead, Paul. Teach her a lesson, said Sarah. This is just too silly, said Sandra, giggling nervously. (laughs) I'm not going to wrestle you, said Paul. I could hurt you. Are you saying you could hurt her because she's a woman? She's not really any smaller than you are, said Sandra. 
No, I didn't mean it like that, said Paul. Then how did you mean it, asked Sarah. Come on, said Paul, this is dumb. I don't think he likes being called out on his sexism, said April. I'm not sexist, complained Paul. Is he, asked Sarah. He likes to think he's not, frowned Sandra. Is he, repeated Sarah. He expects me to do all the cleaning and the housekeeping, even though I don't even live in his unit, replied Sandra. He thinks cleaning and cooking are a woman's job. I think we can change his mind about that, said April. No, I'm not wrestling you, said Paul. What followed couldn't really be called a wrestling match. April grabbed Paul's right arm and twisted it up behind his back, while her other arm snaked around his neck. He was now very tightly and securely held. Well done, April, cheered Sandra, who seemed to enjoy watching Paul get humbled even more than Sarah did. Maybe it was because Sarah expected it, but it was a total shock to Sandra. Paul squirmed unsuccessfully, trying to break free of April's grasp. Sandra could see that he was struggling and taunted him. Are you still afraid you'll hurt her? What the heck? asked April, sounding shocked. What? asked Sandra. I think I felt a strap on Paul's shoulder, said April. A strap? Paul, why would you have a strap on your shoulder? asked Sandra. Yeah, Paul, why? repeated Sarah. I don't know what you're talking about, said Paul, redoubling his efforts to get free. April felt Paul's shoulder without releasing her headlock on him. With wide eyes, she exclaimed, He's got a shoulder strap, all right. Sarah stepped forward and pantomimed that she was trying to find a way to remove Paul's shirt. But, of course, that would be impossible for her to do without having April release him. Instead, she pulled down Paul's pants. There, for all to see, were the black lace panties, as well as the garter belt and the silky black stockings. No, shouted Paul, realizing he was about to be exposed to his fiancée. Paul, why are you wearing panties and stockings? asked Sandra, suddenly concerned. He likes it, said Sarah. Think about it, Sandra. Haven't you ever noticed? asked April. N no, nothing like this, said Sandra. Are you sure? Really sure? asked Sarah. Well, there was one time when he was waiting for me in his unit, but that was just a joke, assured Sandra. Are you sure? asked April. Don't let her confuse you, begged Paul. I, I, I can explain. Can you really, Paul? asked Sarah. Let's hear it, Paul. I'd love to hear an explanation, replied Sandra. It's really not that bad, said April. Please, tell us what you saw. Well, one time Paul was waiting for me in his unit, and he was wearing a red dress and makeup. I mean, he was wearing everything, and he was tied to a chair. I ran away, but it happened on April 1st, and he swore to me that it was an April Fool's Day joke. He said that the look on my face was priceless. I thought maybe he did just make an awkward prank. This is what he loves, said April. He has since we were in school together. 
He likes to wear women's clothes and be tied up and play damsel in distress. Wow, just like when I saw him that one day, replied Sandra. No, baby, it's not like that, said Paul. He loves to be called Nicole when he's dolled up, said Sarah. Well, she's dressed up now, isn't she? asked Sandra rhetorically. If you don't mind us doing some things that you might find mean, we can explain everything to you, and we can even show you some amazing pictures of your fiancé, promised April. I don't know, said Sandra. I don't want to be mean. Remember, she loves this, replied Sarah. Well, then I guess there's no harm, agreed Sandra. Sandra, would you help me get the rest of Nicole's boy clothes off? Sarah, there's some rope and some duct tape in the kitchen, directed April. No, screamed Paul, but he was soon unceremoniously dumped on his stomach. We wouldn't be this rough if we didn't know that he secretly loved it, assured April, as she twisted Paul's arms up behind his back and used her knee to pin them in place. Soon Sarah arrived with the rope and began expertly trussing Paul up. He could see Sandra out of the corner of his eye, and rather than seeing any sympathy on her face, her expression looked to be a mix of excitement and amusement. Would you mind taking off your panties and handing them to me? asked Sarah. Whatever for? Well, we might have an easier time having this conversation if we didn't have Paul interrupting us all the time, suggested Sarah. Oh, for his mouth, sure, agreed Sandra, much to Paul's surprise and disappointment. While Sarah pinched his nostrils shut, Sandra wadded up her sky-blue lace panties and shoved them into Paul's mouth. He tried to spit them out, but before he got the chance to make any progress, there was Sarah slapping strip after strip of duct tape over his mouth. All he could manage was a rather pathetic, I always think marriages are stronger when the husband doesn't speak without permission anyway. Don't you? asked April. Let's haul Paul up to the couch, and then we can continue this conversation, suggested Sarah. I'd apologize, Paul. I mean, Nicole. But I think April and Sarah are right. You're enjoying this, even if you won't admit it, said Sandra. Paul shook his head vigorously from side to side, but it was still no use. Sandra was convinced that these two strange women were simply friends who had uncovered Paul's kinky side back in school, and not the cause of his feminization, and ultimately his humiliation. Paul screamed into his gag. It tasted of Sandra, and he wondered if he would ever have access to the taste of her pussy. The vision of her naked body, or even the sound of her seductive voice ever again. April and Sarah held Paul down on the couch, while Sandra connected his ankles and his wrists to each other, and then helped him into a kneeling position, so she could wrap rope above and below his padded chest. They wanted Sandra to have a part in restraining her partner, and with his wrists and ankles securely bound. It didn't matter if she was particularly skillful. If anything, she overcompensated, 
drawing Paul's ankles up high enough that he could touch the heels on his shoes with his fingertips. Wow, you're really good at that, said Sarah. If this is what Paul wants, the least I can do is make sure I give it to him, replied Sandra. You're taking this better than I thought, said April. I think I've always known and just chose to ignore it, said Sandra. Did you know he bought a huge chandelier shaped like a penis? He tried to convince me I was obsessed with Dick or something, and that I was seeing penises everywhere. Well, let's enlighten you, said April, as she booted up her computer. Paul cringed as he heard the sound of promiscuous girl coming from the speakers. The girls had always had two websites for him. One was a very professionally-looking private site that only they and their friends ever went to. It showed all of his misadventures and all of their humiliating detail for everybody to enjoy. The second site, the one where the girls had gone, was much more amateurish by design. The website was something like Paul is Nicole forward slash Acme sites forward slash one one eight seven nine four dot com. It had just as many pictures, if not more, as the site the girls shared among themselves. But it was written as if it was Paul's own profile, seeking dominant masters with big cocks. Wow! Paul made this back in school, asked Sandra. He was obsessed with documenting his road to womanhood, said Sarah. He did like to pretend we were forcing him, probably so he wouldn't feel guilty. We were all too happy to oblige. It was kind of a group project for my friends and I, explained April. It actually does sound fun, said Sandra. I've put makeup on some willing boys before, and some unwilling ones too. They all laughed. <laughs> this wasn't just a little bit of dress-up for Paul, though. I can see him on dates, graduation, and all sorts of things. It's like he has a whole other life. How did he think he could keep it from me? asked Sandra. Did you know he was elected homecoming queen in college? asked Sarah. No way! Did you go to college with him too? asked Sandra. No, but he was so excited. He couldn't help bragging about it to all of his old school friends, said Sarah. I would have been too. He was really beautiful. This is a lot to take in, said Sandra. I do love him, though. He can wear whatever he wants. It won't change who he is. That's great, said April. I love your attitude, but it won't really be enough. What do you mean, asked Sandra. Her voice sounded like a little girl who discovered that there was no Santa Claus for the first time. If we ungagged him right now, he'd beg us to let him go. And let him take off the lingerie, said April. He'd swear that we were making him do this, and he wanted it to stop. There's just one problem with that story, said Sarah. If we're making him, why was he wearing that lingerie in the first place? It's not like we put it on him against his will, said Sandra. Exactly, agreed April. The three women all turned their heads back to Paul. He was thrashing around and struggling against his bonds, just as April said he would be. 
Did you notice he's hairless? asked Sarah. He said it's for swimming, replied Sandra, but I've never seen him swim, and if that's the case, why would he grow his hair long? I guarantee if you search his place, you'll find all sorts of women's clothing and makeup. Maybe some sex toys, too, replied April. Can I have another glass of wine? asked Sandra. Certainly, replied April, filling Sandra's glass to the brim. You're taking this calmer than I would have. Like I said, I do love him, replied Sandra. You're saying I need to force him to dress up? Not all the time, but it's his biggest sexual turn-on, and you're the only one who can really give it to him, said April. I really can't believe what an attractive woman he makes. I'd say what would the neighbors think, but they'd probably think that she's my girlfriend. So what do we do now? How does a makeover party sound? asked Sarah. Really? Do you have makeup that he could use? asked Sandra. Not really, said April. Sharing makeup is unhygienic. But unless I miss my guess, he's probably got plenty of it in his unit. Look at how recent some of these pictures are. We can untie his ankles and put an overcoat on him to hide that lingerie and then take him down to his place, said Sarah. April went over to Paul and undid the hog tie. She undid his ankles and then connected them in a short hobble. I don't think he's going to want to walk out into the hallway dressed like that, said Sandra. Probably not, but that just makes this an excellent chance to try out your new attitude on him. Why don't you see if you can convince him? while I find some heels and a coat, said April. Paul shook his head at Sandra, but to her, this was now just part of the game. On your feet, bitch, and don't you dare give me any back talk or embarrass me in front of our friends, or I will tan your hide right here, demanded Sandra in a tone that Paul had never heard before. Paul grunted into his gag, trying to communicate with his fiancée but it was hopeless. No, I'm not taking off your gag, sissy, said Sandra. You don't need the gag off to quietly do as you're told without making a fuss. Paul pulled himself up and stood in front of Sandra. She nodded and smiled. Wow, you're a natural, said Sarah. I hope you liked that story. That was Miss Glenn Davis reading April's new best friend. And now, as we have sort of a uh, double feature today, um, this is Mistress DJ, and she's going to be reading a story from one of our regular listeners, supporters, fans, whatever you want to say. She's just been amazing and just such a great supporter of this podcast. Uh, Sissy Brenda wrote this particular story with very little help from me. Uh, I, I edited it, but I really didn't write it. Um, and it's about her fear of um, her fear of women. Now I've seen this firsthand because I have um, talked to her on Night Flirt several times. You know, I have a line too. I don't use it too much, but she's called, and, and we've had some great talks. Um, and then I heard her on. Um, Mr. Shayla's uh, podcast, and it was like, wow, does Shayla intimidate her? And I had not realized that because, you know, because I don't intimidate her the same way. So it's called The Seven Levels of Fear, A Sissy's Life, and it's by fan, writer, 
extraordinaire, supporter, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call her, Sissy Brenda. When Brenda talks to any Dom, whether it's Mistress Shayla, Queen Raina, Mistress Tegan, Miss Jem, Lady Miana, or me, she hyperventilates, stammers, and stutters out of fear. It's fucking hilarious to try to listen to this loser try to be coherent on the phone. And in person, Brenda becomes only completely mute in the presence of a Dom but also feels compelled to prostate herself and grovel on the ground at the foot of the dom. Hilariously pathetic. Brenda has visceral reactions to any woman in black leather. She'll become so fearful that her first instinct is to grovel. Her second instinct is to want to kiss the dom's ass. And finally, to flee in terror. In fact, I'm pretty sure Brenda wants to kiss the ass of every woman that she sees. Thankfully for her sake, she does not act on this instinct, as doing so without permission would be grounds for assault, and Brenda at least has some self-control. Fleeing in terror at the sight of a woman in black leather is more socially acceptable, <laughs> not to mention funny as hell. Level 4. Fear of an Attractive Woman Who is a Dom So get this, Sissy Brenda has actually groveled in public to a dom with long blonde hair who is dressed in a black leather miniskirt thigh-high black leather boots, and a tight black leather blouse. Right there on a public street, Brenda dropped to the ground at the sight of this woman. She smirked at him as she walked by, but otherwise ignored the sissy loser on the ground. Other passers-by laughed. After, Brenda ran away in shame. Brenda trembles at the sight of any woman in black leather, and if she has long hair, it's gotten so bad that when necessary, Ramona will actually grab Brenda's elbow, to prevent the pathetic loser from groveling in fear. Ramona also dresses in black leather as a personal preference, and also as a Brenda silencer. Being in the presence of such attire renders our pathetic subject mute. I'm a strong-willed dom. I also have long blonde hair, and have been known to sometimes wear black leather outfits. It has come to my attention that this sissy pansy has an unauthorized crush on me. I have blistered the pathetic pansy's ass for this multiple times, and she's quite frightened of me, as she should be, of course. There have been times when Brenda has gone into a store where the cashier or saleswoman has long hair and isn't in black leather, and she's run out of the store in fear. A woman who is even wearing non-leather black clothing instills fear in Brenda. One time, Brenda and Ramona went into dinner at a restaurant as usual, Brenda was wearing her pink panties, along with pink stockings, a pink garter belt, and a pink camisole under her clothes. The server brought them to a table next to where a woman with long brown hair, a black miniskirt, and black boots was sitting. Brenda froze in fear. Ramona had to physically grab Brenda by the elbow to get her to sit at the next table. Ramona knew how to position pathetic sissy Brenda so she would not be able to see this scary woman. During the meal, there was a loud crash from the next table. The woman in black had accidentally knocked over a glass of soda and a plate of mostly finished nachos. Brenda immediately hit the ground at the foot of the woman, apologizing profusely, and started to clean up the mess. Ramona could only shake her head at the woman, who was smiling and laughing at Brenda. She laughed harder when she saw the telltale pink poking out from Brenda's jeans. As you can see, Brenda is such a fucking pathetic sissy loser, but we have only scratched the surface. It gets better. So much better. Level 5. 
Fear of crushed on doms who know all of the pathetic sissy loser's secrets. Like many sissies, Brenda craves humiliation. Don't you, Brenda, you little sissy. I know you're listening to this, Brenda. I know how afraid of me you are, you little sissy. Well, I'm going to tell the world about all of your perversions, your humiliating fantasies, and your real life as a pathetic sissy faggot. Listen carefully, you loser. Brenda has one of the tiniest cocks I've ever seen. It barely reaches four inches when fully erect, probably really only three and a half inches. It's so small, his wife Ramona has absolutely no use for it. Isn't that right, you tiny-dicked sissy loser? Say it, Brenda. Say, I'm a tiny-dicked sissy loser who can't please my wife. Brenda's little cock could never please poor Ramona. It would fall out over and over. You haven't had sex in many years, have you, Brenda? You're such a pitiful excuse for a man. A sissy loser like you doesn't ever get pussy. You belong in panties, Brenda. It's obvious. Furthermore, fucking losers like you are locked up in chastity. Ramona keeps you in that little one-inch pink cock cage, doesn't she, you tiny dick loser? Pathetic. In fact, you're so tiny, I bet that little cage is still too big for you, sissy loser. I know you and Ramona have discussed her cuckolding you. She just smiles thinking about it. You know she deserves to be satisfied by a real man, not a sissy faggot loser like you. Isn't that right, Brenda? In fact, you're actively looking for a bull for your wife. I have some fun ideas for that, but that's level seven. We'll stick to level five for now. You wear pink panties every day, don't you, Brenda? You have more panties than your wife. Pretty and girly. The frillier, the better. That's you, sissy Brenda. Of course, with that tiny dick, all women know you belong in panties. I know it. Ramona knows it. Mistress Shayla and Queen Raina know it. Miss Jen knows it. Even Kylie knows it. We all know what a tiny-dicked, pathetic, pink, panty-wearing fairy you are. I can't believe we've waited this long to talk about spankings. Ramona believes, and I agree with her, by the way, that just for being such a pathetic sissy loser, you need to be spanked constantly. Sissies need discipline, don't they, Brenda? What's that, Brenda? You need a spanking right now? Beg me for it. Let me hear you say... I'm a sissy who needs a sound spanking, Mistress DJ. Can you please paddle my pansy ass? I don't know, Brenda. I think you need to grovel on the floor and say it much louder. I want the neighbors to hear you. Shout it. I'm a sissy loser who needs a sound spanking, Mistress DJ. Can you please paddle my pansy sissy ass? Now. Well, I'm not sure they heard you. Maybe you should run into the middle of the street with your maid's outfit and heels on and shout it at the top of your lungs, loser. (laughs) Get the paddle. Bring it to me in your mouth, loser. I'm going to give you 30 spanks and tell the world what you are after each one, faggot. Get in position now. One. You're a tiny-dicked sissy loser. Two, you're a pansy little faggot. Three, 
Women know you're a fucking fairy. Four. Stupid little sissy. Five. Tiny dicked sissy faggot. Six. You're a fucking loser. Seven. You're a pathetic dicked faggot. Eight. Women think you're a worthless pansy. Nine. You panty-wearing fucking wimp. Ten. Women think you're a fucking sissy loser. Harder. Eleven. You're a failure as a man. Twelve. Tiny-dicked fairy. Thirteen. Sissy faggot loser. Fourteen. Women know you're a panty-wearing faggot. Fifteen. You're such a tiny-dicked loser. Sixteen. You're a worthless fucking sissy, Brenda. That's not good enough. Harder. Seventeen. Prissy little faggot. Eighteen. Women can tell you're a pathetic sissy. Nineteen. You need to be punished for that tiny little dick. 20. You're a pathetic excuse for a man. 21. Women think you're a pansy faggot. 22. You're a panty-wearing, tiny-dicked loser, Brenda. 23. Fucking contemptible, sissy loser. 24. Women think you're just a little sissy faggot. 25. You're such a faggot, Brenda. Five more, loser. These better be the hardest ones yet. 26. You tiny dick, loser. 27. Prissy little faggot. 28. Women think you're a pathetic sissy loser. 29. You're a worthless loser. 30. Pathetic sissy loser. That's you. That ass better be nice and red. Thank me for the spanking, bitch. You're welcome, sissy loser. It won't be the last one for me, but you know that, sissy. Yep, Brenda's ass is constantly red from all of us reminding her of her status and her failures. In your wife's own words, Brenda, you need to be spanked constantly. In fact, go back and rewind this several minutes for another 30 spankings. Do it. I wonder if Brenda will be caught in this infinite spanking loop now. Like a science fiction story, Brenda is in a spanking time warp loop. (laughs) Not my problem. So where were we? Ah, yes, level five. I know all of your secrets, sissy Brenda. You've been a sissy made for Amona for years. I think that's wonderful, actually. You found your place in the world, which is hand-scrubbing Ramona's floors, cleaning and scrubbing her toilets in your prissy-made dress, in your panties and breasts and heels. That's you, Brenda. You were made for doing menial cleaning tasks while your wife works hard to support you. It's what you were meant to be, a lowly, pathetic sissy loser. Those aren't just words to you. They're an actual description of your persona, your identity. 
You pretend to be a man sometimes, but we all know what you are, loser. And those floors and baseboards better be spotless. Scrub behind the furniture and appliances. Ramona deserves to be in a spotless house. Stick your head in that toilet while you scrub, you worthless, prissy, pathetic loser. Ramona is so good to you, isn't she, Brenda? In fact, she's way too good for you, isn't she, Brenda? She tells you this all the time. She'll piss through those sexy panties all over your pathetic face. When she's finished, she discards the soaked panties onto your face and leaves you there to contemplate your degradation. You do not deserve this woman. You both know it. She only keeps you around because you're good at cleaning her house. You have a good tongue to pleasure her, and you amuse her. The cuckolding will happen. It's just a matter of time, and you both know it. We're not done yet with all of your secrets, you sissy. You love to get fucked by Ramona, don't you? But when we say fucked, we're referring to her large strap-on. Getting your ass plowed by Ramona's strap-on after a hard spanking while you're locked up in your tiny cage and wearing your frilliest maid's outfit is the pinnacle of fun and achievement for you, isn't it, you fucking loser? You've actually tweeted those very words. You work very hard to serve and please Ramona so she can reward you this way. So pathetic. And before she pounds your sissy ass, Ramona will put pink lipstick on you and stuff her dildo in your mouth. She fucks your mouth hard, Brenda, doesn't she? (laughs) You gag and drool, but she just keeps going. Because at the base of the strap on are hard rubber bubbles that make her horny and wet as she fucks your mouth and ass. Ramona enjoys this even more than you do, loser, since you're locked up in a tiny cage with no hope of release. You know she's just priming you for the real thing. Real cock that you were meant to suck and take up your ass, just like the sissy bitch you are. Lucky for Ramona, you have a tongue to satisfy her with. It's the reason she keeps you around. That and your sissy maid abilities. We all know it. When it comes to satisfying a woman, you truly are inferior. And you worship Ramona's ass. You're constantly kissing it. Her ass is the center of your pathetic universe, isn't it, Prissy Brenda? Look at you in your pink maid's dress. Five-inch heels, large C-cup breasts, garter belt, stockings, and wig. Ramona makes you kneel on the floor and stands in front of you. She smiles at you and turns around, presenting her beautiful ass to you. She doesn't even have to tell you what to do, but I will, sissy. Kiss her ass. Get your face in there plenty deep. Now, smell it, inhale it, savor it. This woman is your boss, your superior, your reason for being. Show your gratitude, loser. Get your tongue in there. Lick her asshole, Brenda. More. Get your tongue in there further and clean it. This truly is your place in the world, isn't it? You pathetic excuse for a man, dressed in pink frilly clothes, with your entire face in your wife's ass and your tongue deep in her asshole. How low can you go, Brenda? Did I say you could stop? Lick it. Get your face in there deeper. More. (laughs) Such a fucking pathetic sissy faggot. Face buried in your wife's ass. This is where you were meant to be, Brenda. Your cock is so small 
The Ramona made you put on a large strap-on dildo over your tiny locked-up little cock, didn't she, Brenda? When Ramona is finally satisfied with your ass-cleaning, she turns around and pushes you onto the bed, eyeing your dildo strap-on with lust. With the key to your little cage dangling around her neck, she climbs on top of you. She handcuffs you to the headboard and then rides your strap-on hard and moans with pleasure, fantasizing about one day finally getting fucked by a real man. Her beautiful breasts are encased in her black leather blouse, showing ample cleavage as she rides you, bouncing up and down. No, you can't touch them, not while you're handcuffed. That's what real men get to do, not you, sissy. You just keep staring. You drool over the sight of her beautiful body, her long black hair cascading over you, the key to your cage bouncing back and forth over her beautiful black leather cleavage. But you're locked in your little cage, Brenda. Too bad, isn't it? Ramona has multiple orgasms thinking about other men. She certainly loves that thick dildo you're wearing, but you get no release. She climbs off of you, cleans herself off, and takes a shower. If you're lucky, she'll unlock the handcuffs right away. But that little cage? Uh-uh. No soup for you, tiny-dicked sissy loser. That was Sissy Brenda's story, entitled Seven Levels of Fear, A Sissy's Life, as read by Mistress DJ. Let me know what you think of that story. Um, new writer, obviously. You've heard Mistress DJ read before, but I'm kind of curious what you thought of uh, Sissy Brenda's writing. And uh, it's another long show. You know, usually we're about 25, 26 minutes. Yeah, last week was like 50, and now I see we're heading up to about 40. So, hope you like the longer shows. Uh, I thought the thunder was going to drown me out, but it seems to have held off. And like I said, um, I'm recording this on Sunday night, which I have not done in a very long time. So, I hope you've enjoyed this show. We'll be back next week. Um, I'm not quite sure. I know there's another one from Mistress Jen that's ready. There's probably a Mistress DJ coming up. And uh, I really need to get some new audios out. I think I was talking to Raina last night, and uh, she's waiting for new audio from me. So, can't I can't be falling asleep on the job because... If they don't have anything to record, nothing's getting recorded. So anyway, I hope you have a great week. I'll be back next Monday, and I hope you will be too. Thanks.